Also happening today, TV and film stars are walking off the set and onto the picket line. This is the first full week of picketing for the union that represents 160,000 actors and performers. They, of course, join members of the Writers Guild who've been on strike for more than two months now. Union members are picketing today in major production cities from Los Angeles to New York City. And we should note NBC Universal's parent company, Comcast, is part of the organization that represents the major entertainment studios. Our Lindsay Reiser is live in New York City for us. So, Lindsay, I know you've been talking to the actors all day who are actually on the picket line. What are they telling you about their decision to strike right now? They were picketing from 9 to 1 Eastern. They'll be back at it again tomorrow. And they told me what the sticking points are. One, they want a livable wage. Two, they're worried about residuals. They've really dwindled, they say, because of streaming. And three, they want the whole concern around AI to be addressed. They're worried that their likeness would be used forever without their permission and without compensation. So these are the sticking points here. I talked to Linda Powell. She's a Broadway star. She actually told me six months ago she lost her health insurance because she wasn't making enough. This is what else she told me. The money that's concentrated at the top isn't not just trickling down to the bottom, it's not trickling down to the middle anymore, and it's become unsustainable for us. This is not just an actress problem, this is an American problem right now. You look at all the unions in the country that are fighting for outsized minimum increases. You look at the effect of the gig economy on all our workers in the United States. It's, it's not a Hollywood problem, and, and Hollywood is not all stars either. There's a lot of working class people out there. A little prologue to today's bonus episode. We here at Spro and Lee take on the Academy love and appreciate our industry friend Emily, a hardworking member of showbiz, which can make her and our schedules incompatible. We tried our best to get her on our quickie episode this season, but it wasn't happening. Emily wrote us asking why we had not been talking about the writers and actors' strikes, and we said, If you want to come on and talk about it, be our guest. She said yes. We said pick a date. She said Wednesday night, November eighth, eight PM. At the time, this date was two weeks away, and we said, all right, come on and educate our audience and Lee (laughs) about the current strike. On November 8th at 7.55 p.m., five minutes before we were scheduled to start recording, Emily texted us to say that the studios had announced a deal was made. Lee asked, what now? And we said, let's just jump on and chat. We are honored to have spent the next hour talking to our friend Emily until the news was made official and the 118-day actor strike was over. And we know, without a doubt, that she is currently kicking ass on set. Enjoy this bonus episode of Three Friends Hanging Out, the night the strike was over. And, like, I'm lucky. Like, I've still been getting paid. But, like, people have been fucking destitute these last, like, six months. So it's fucking crazy. If you're just now joining us, (laughs) Emily is a little emotional right now. Emily, you want to tell us why? Are we just on? We're just on? We're just going to do this? Let's do this. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the strike just ended. Allegedly. Oh, what does that mean? Well, it means that these are all from the trades. Like, this is all Hollywood Reporter, Deadline. And there are, like, leaks 
and people that are breaking the story, but it hasn't been officially stated from the union yet. But I've also got a couple of friends who are on the corporate level with Paramount who have already gotten emails from their company being like, it's over. (laughs) As my friend said, (laughs) the email says, congratulations, labor relation team. And it's like, yeah, solid work, guys. It only took you 118 days. (laughs) And I was seeing reports earlier this week because SNL was starting to book guests again. And everyone was like, oh, shit, that means the strike's coming to an end. They were booking guests, but they weren't allowed to book anyone who was going to promote one of their movies. Oh, okay. So during the strike, no SAG After member was able to promote a project that was run by an AMT, AMPTP company. Wasn't Momoa going on SNL to talk about starring in Aquaman 2? I mean, he wouldn't have been. That would have been scabbing. That's why they're saying like everybody's like promotions have been null and void. Like Daisy Ridley was just in a movie that nobody's heard about because they're not going on in anything and talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly also, right. Who gives a shit about Daisy Ridley? Why? Why? <laughs> why? Oh, just cause. Why? Because. <laughs> why? You say why. I say why not. It's fine. That's fine. So we were supposed to be coming um, on to talk about the strike and get some information yeah, about yeah. it and everything like that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can still give you information about... Well, it's a huge... So this is actually... It's a good thing. I'm re-listening to all of our episodes. And at the end of season three, when we did the Kevin Spacey episode, Lee had you promise to come on season four for one or two episodes. And this is actually going to be the bookend of season four, interviewing Emily about the strikes and whatnot, which hopefully are over. Yeah. But Um, the last time our audience heard from you, you were prego with baby number two that you were thinking was going to be your baby chaos. And did that come true as you planned it out? Here's the interesting thing. I don't think she's chaos. I think she's a Scorpio, but I don't think she's chaos. What's Scorpio mean? I know. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. You are all on some form of social media at this point in our age. You should have some idea, some working knowledge of Zodiac. There you go. Yeah. But she's honestly, she's, I don't, I don't know what, what devil we made a deal with, but we have two pretty chill kids. She was not chilled during the pregnancy. That was a fucking nightmare, but my kids are pretty chill. They're both asleep right now. And and I'm so glad that my baby creating time is gone. (laughs) That's never I mean, the sex part will still happen. But I mean, any sort of like child growing inside of me, I'm happy for that to be done. Did you hear that abortion's cool in Ohio again? I did. And I am thrilled. It's a big day. And weed. (laughs) And weed. And affordable education. Look at that. Look at Ohio showing up. Lee, they just needed you to show up. Oh, God. Jesus. (laughs) Fuck. I didn't know. Tri-C was. What do you mean affordable? We we extended Tri-C's life. Hmm. Right on. You didn't vote? I didn't vote. Proud non-voter. Oh. <laughs> He's one of the 45%. You guys didn't need me. You guys didn't need me. <laughs> Went according to plan for you and not for others. So, And I stayed the fuck out of it. <laughs> what was the last film that knocked you on your ass? I really wish Barbie had knocked me on my ass. Same. I really enjoyed it. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But it, didn't, it <laughs> but it didn't knock me on my ass. Um, uh, no, I had a great time watching it. You, you did not enjoy... 
I went late, I'll say that. And then I just like scrutinized the whole thing. I was like, if it was anybody else, if it wasn't Greta Gerwig, if it wasn't Ryan Gosling, mm. if it wasn't Margot Robbie, if it was Amy Schumer as Barbie, this movie would be a fucking joke. And like, just I can't get into the campiness. Oh, see, I, I love that they leaned into the camp. Mm, yeah. And that's not my thing. So like, and I, the lady that I went with, like, looked at me and she's like, I like it. Are you hating it? I was like, I can't, can't do it. But I'm glad that What's you're enjoying camp? it. But I'm confused. What? The camp? Yes. Define a part from the film that was campy. Every musical number. <laughs> Everything with the car and like it like falling off the road. And okay. The whole movie was camp. I, I guess, yeah. I guess the musical numbers were just. Yeah. Is silly the same thing as camp then? Because it was silly to me. I. Hey. It's not. I'm sure there are other people that have defined camp better than I could, but. Yeah, you guys don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. What is camp? Barbie. No, we know what we're talking about. We just can't. <laughs> it's like defining the word with the word. It's a style. Right on. So you couldn't get into the, I'm just going to call it silliness, bro? Yeah. Did you enjoy when they were like storming the beach and the arrows were on the strings? It was slow motion, but not. I don't think so. That, the the only part that like really busted me out laughing was when Ryan Gosling went in for a kiss and she said no. And so he slapped himself across the face. <laughs> like... <laughs> That tickled the crap out of me. You gotta admit, you gotta admit, Ryan Gosling was a joy. He's always a joy. I I think everybody in that movie was a joy, except Will Ferrell, totally unneeded in that movie. And oh, I'm sure Emily's gonna wig out when I say this. Not into America Ferrera. She is uh, mid as fuck. Mid AF. No cap. Mid. Capless. (laughs) Capless. Yeah, she's replaceable. How's that? I think that's a shame. Yeah. I think it's a shame I you agree. feel that way. I, oh. <laughs> I thought you were agreeing with me. No, no, I'm not. I'm definitely not. I, I thoroughly enjoy America So Ferrara. what could you get All into, right. Barbie? Me? No, because I know you loved it. You loved it from... Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Are you, are you being sarcastic or did you actually enjoy it? No, I, I, I went to see my beloved Indiana Jones, um, mm. who is... If I can borrow from another podcast, there are just certain things that go extinct and there is no audience left for Indiana Jones, except for people my age. My brother said something to the effect on the podcast when we talked about Indiana Jones. He was like, I I hope it doesn't make any money because all the movies I like that are good make no money. So if it makes a bunch of money, it means that a bunch of mouth-breathing American idiots went to see it and it sucks. Well, it sucks and nobody went to go see it. I saw that, and it broke my heart in half. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, there are greater tragedies in the world. But Barbie kind of lifted my spirits. I had a lot of fun watching that one. I had a great time. I had a great time. Uh, it just didn't knock me on my ass. That's that's. It all. didn't. No, you're right. You're right. But there, I mean, there's so many good things in there. I think uh, Ms. Gerwig has a continued bright future. Not super thrilled about... Her hitching her wagon to Netflix and doing the Chronicle McDonald's of Narnia next. I'm not pleased, but who knows? Maybe I, it'll be fun. But you like Little I, Women yeah, so much. It, I do. I love Little Women. I think Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet should be in everything together. I don't get Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I like him in that. I just don't get it. I like, but you know, I've never seen Call Me By Your Name. He, he goes for it. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. 
Okay, <laughs> now I know exactly what to expect. Goes for it. <laughs> he, he's, I think he's like just like the new, like how Johnny Depp was for all the women back in like the 80s and 90s. This is the Timothy Chalamet era. Oh my God, I can't believe the strike is Do over. Get, so what does it mean? What does that mean? What is what is tomorrow? It means that it means that okay, tomorrow is I imagine that by tomorrow I will have emails from productions that were shut down during the strike saying we're starting up in 2 weeks or we're starting up in 3 weeks. And now we need to reprep the, you know, I was working on a series that we had 3 weeks left to shoot the rest of the the season. We we had been shooting for months even through the writers strike before SAG struck. And, you know, when the writers were striking, but SAG hadn't struck yet, some productions could still keep going. We just didn't have writers on set. But if writers showed up to picket, then the Teamsters wouldn't cross the picket line and we couldn't shoot that day. So we had certain days where we would be have a call time. They were sending out fake call sheets and like trying to throw off any writers that would come in to picket because there were certain crew members that would just be like, sorry, I don't cross picket lines and that's it. So we wouldn't be able to shoot that day. We had one day where we were shooting on this bridge and like out in the Hudson Valley and there was, you know, a river underneath the bridge and we're shooting the the Hudson river. (laughs) I I don't think it was, but we're shooting on this bridge (laughs) and we hear this bullhorn and under the bridge. And of course we stopped shooting because they're like, cut, like, what is that? Where's the sound coming from? And we look down and there is a woman on a canoe going down the river, holding out a bullhorn and just holds up a WGA on strike sign. That was how serious it was of people trying to shut down production. There are some things that when they are explained to me, I I just, I I think I'm a troglodyte. What is a troglodyte? Well, it's standing in for a word that I want to say that Spro says I'm not allowed to say anymore. It's just, it's a dumbass. I feel, how about that? Let's go with dumbass. You can say dumbass. I know. A troglodyte is like one of those like beetle things. I don't know yes, what word you but, can't say. Yeah, I just, like, I don't understand. Ex- explain to me like I'm a troglodyte. Explain to me, like, I-, I don't get Teamsters. I think I understand picket lines. They're not real. There's no fence. Yeah. Okay, so... And make it quick. <laughs> so when a company <laughs> wants... So companies pay employees, and at some point, uh, companies may end up trying to underpay, shockingly, their employees or not give them breaks or etc. The employees decide to unionize. They want to create a collective that then will go to the table with their employer and create a contract and say, we want to collectively bargain. This whole group of us want to come together and collectively bargain with you, the employer. And with, that's, with you so that's union. That's Normal union. Ray. The Sally Field movie that you've seen. Right. So in the entertainment industry, there is the main group of employers is the AMPTP, the American, oh God, what is it? Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Yes. Even though they're not producers, they're the studios, but whatever. Um, So the AMPTP is the main group of bosses, of employers. And there are multiple trades unions that have been created over the years that collectively bargain with the AMPTP. The Writers Guild is one of them. The Directors Guild is one of them. SAG-AFTRA is one of them. The Teamsters is one of them. And Teamsters are like drivers, carpenters, etc. I'm just telling you what who, okay. who they are. They're not mobsters? And no. There okay. was 
there's, there's, <laughs> it's got a crazy history like the Teamsters. And unions in general have a sordid history with the mafia. It's yes. Jimmy Hoffa and the fisherman docks and everything like that. So, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, Teamsters mm-hmm. is Irish part yes. of it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, when the employer, like when they go to bargain, do you have some and, you like know, salt shakers or something? I'm, I'm thinking of that scene from, from Blindside where the kid's like, this is how to play football. Here's. And the garlic powder is the quarterback. And uh, I mean, this is literally what I did with a group of people where I was like, I was like, okay, so here's the picture this. Here's the AMPTP. And then here are all of the unions that okay. are underneath okay. that every few years, everyone's contract expires because mm-hmm. each time they do the contract, it's got a few years on it. So the WGA was about to, the DGAs expired. They made a deal, which I won't get into that. But the WGAs uh, was set to expire. They go back to the table to negotiate. And for any union, if they go back to the table to negotiate, and there are negotiating committees that, that are like brought up that do the negotiating with the AMPTP, if they can't come up with a contract, then they might say, we're striking. We're we're going on strike because if you're not giving us, you're not meeting us. Contract that they like. Yes. And the okay. silly thing that happened right. this time around, like the Writers Guild is small. It's very, it's like 11,500 yeah. writers. Like it, when we said like, it's we're going to go small. on strike, people were like, okay, good luck, you know, type of thing. And then when the actors went on strike, which is about a quarter of a million, I think, is 250,000 about in SAG actors. It's, it's a huge yeah. amount. Yeah. When they joined, yeah. it was like a shot of steroids, you know? Yeah, the the joke like that was going on Twitter was the it was the on your left moment because <laughs> all the writers had already been on strike for like forty or fifty days. They were really you know they were starting to to get tired just being on the picket line and not getting any any compensation, et cetera. And then it was like SAG showed up and it was like boom, this huge amount of people just like flooded the picket lines. And that's that because was... generally speaking, nobody gives a fuck about writers. Untrue. Untrue. The whole thing is that the shows that were already in production were still able to go on. Some of them were. Like one of the shows I was in stopped. Like they were like, we can't have our writers on set. We're not continuing forward. And I got to tell you, being on set without a writer for a series sucks because, you know, we would be... Because, you know, we'd, we'd be in the room rehearsing a scene and one of the actors would be like, and literally there's like the director, two actors and myself that are all like working on the scene. And one of the actors was like, I know I can't comment on this because we don't have a writer in, but like this line is not working for me. And it's like, she looked at the director and the director looked at me and I look back at the other actor and the other actor looks at the director and the director's like, just do your best. Like you can't change, we can't do anything about it. Whereas any other time we'd be like, hey, writer on set. And they'd run in and be like, be like, hey, okay, so this, you know, and they would have a conversation about it and be able to make changes on the fly. I appreciate that explanation. But when I said that nobody gives a fuck about writers, I was just kind of trying to twist the knife into Spro a little it bit. It was, <laughs> the thing is, so I don't know, like, I'm, I'm ha- like, Emily is super happy. I'm still kind of catastrophizing everything that comes with AI because as soon as like the strikes happen, like every producer that I talked to was just experimenting with AI. Like this one guy was like, who has bought my stuff. He was like, give me three words. And I was like, uh, camera. No, no, no. I was like camera (laughs) woman alley. And he, 
like put it in his little computer thing and then showed me two things that look like photographs of a woman standing in an alleyway with a camera. And he's like, I could create this. He's like, in six months, I could probably say like, have you say like, oh, I want to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hunting Jack the Ripper. And I could create a movie like that. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's my job, bro. Like, if you yeah, want no, that, that, let me is, know. I'll terrify that for you. And it's and it's not just it's not just your job. It's mm-hmm. everyone's job because expanding it from the AI that can create, you know, a script. Now they've got. This is part of the reason why talks were stalled. Is they're like, we're trying to put guardrails on technology that doesn't even exist yet, but will so soon. Like we are so close to technology being like coming home and saying, hey, Siri, I would like a movie with um, Goldie Hawn and uh, Hugh Jackman, um, a rom-com with them young, living in... Young Goldie Hawn. <clears throat> right. Like pixie cut. Calm down. <laughs> but saying like, I want these two actors uh, in a rom-com and at, in this setting go and it to be created and you to be able to watch it that night. And of course, the answer back to that is, okay, how is Goldie Hawn being compensated for her likeness? And when she passes, how is her estate being compensated for her likeness? And also, it was her consent given to tell any of these stories, to be a part of any of this? And obviously, the answer is we can't, you can't. And that's the whole deal is that, you know, outside of the union guardrails and the AMPTP guardrails, Congress needs to enact guardrails. Like there needs to be copyright guardrails. I was just going to say, why why can't there be copyrights like on books? Well, the problem is, is like also the education factor. Like we all get it. Like this is all scary, terrifying to us. Influencers nowadays, like Uh, don't, don't, don't speak to me. No, but I'm saying like, you don't, I don't think you want your likeness out there fucking a billy goat or something but like yeah <laughs> shrug <laughs> it's, it's but I mean, like the influencers nowadays people that are trying to get fa- their like 15 minutes 15 seconds of fame on tiktok are currently selling their likenesses to these ais to yeah. be used forever to live forever in all their glory so all of us old timers at 40 years of age that is like no 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 lock this shit down we're also trying to plug the dam of all these young people doing exactly what the producers and everybody that just want to get paid buco bucks for it and it's something that came up it's something that came up in all of the the talks with ai that caused like one of the first parts of the strike was that the original contract that the studios had offered the chief negotiator said so by what you're offering you're saying that a background performer could get paid a hundred bucks for the day to get scanned and have their likeness in perpetuity just given to be recreated over and over and over again by CGI and AI. And they were like, yeah. They're like, we're striking. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And and the thing is like, they, they were like, well, if someone consents to that, and it's like, no, you don't understand. That's going to negate an entire union because background performers are like two thirds of SAG-AFTRA. Like there's a huge amount of background performers and that's going to take away over half the union. And also, so, you know, you offer this to someone who is just coming in and just want to get a job, Desperate. any job, and they might, and they might agree to that. 
And then that's taking away all of the other background performer jobs that now their likeness is going to be used over and over and over again for. There's this fantastic podcast um, called Strike Talk um, that Billy Ray has been running uh, throughout the writer strike and the SAG after strike. And he kept going back to is like, this is an existential issue. This is what can end our industry or create, there are no longer going to be professionals that are professional writers that make a living off of writing or professional actors that make a living off of acting. It's just going to be hobbyists. And it's absolutely true. And I just fucking hope that the deal that sag After got and the guardrails that the WGA got put in their deal is enough to save it. And I think like, you said like we need Congress to act, but Congress loves the bottom line as well, and like loves the to penny pinch and everything like that. It's like oh, what's oh, what's good yeah. for the goose is good for the gander, whatever that fucking saying is. <laughs> <laughs> but like I read somewhere that by twenty twenty five, eighty five million jobs will be lost to AI, and it just seems like we are on the cliff, about to just shove ourselves off. And people are like, well. Skynet and the Terminator and like machines are going to kill us. And it's like, no, machines are just going to take all of our jobs and we're just going to be. No, it's so much work. It's so much lamer yeah. than that. <laughs> it's, it's like Phantom Menace. It's just politics, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Roger, roger, roger. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. I, I want to play devil's advocate. Shocking. Well, I, I can't bring anything else to this discussion. What if what you say comes to pass? About the the AI and that there are no guardrails put up and that Hollywood ends up being able to own these likenesses and it gets into all these tiny little court battles. Goldie Hawn's estate, Hugh Jackman's estate. The court battles would set a precedent. Right, right. But maybe there is no precedent. Maybe it's just like, okay. They're just like, no, that's fine. Yeah, well, they just give them a cut of the money and then go, okay, you know, fuck off. You're saying that Hollywood could... Just start making movies without anybody except a computer? Yeah. And do you think... And really not just Hollywood, just like some random ass dude. Which is hundreds of thousands of jobs. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, the IATSE oh, makeup say- artists and like it's everyone. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the art though. <laughs> Which would be like... I don't want to talk about the job economy. I mean, think about it like this. Cra- the good... These are craftspeople. These are artists. Well, I guess my, I guess my point is, wouldn't it fail... Wouldn't, wait, wouldn't wait, Hollywood wait. eventually Hold be like, we got to go back. Finish. We got to go back. All of those IATSE craftspeople, you're going to piss off so many people. All those people. And they don't listen <laughs> to this <laughs> fucking show. They might. They might. I and they are fucking it. artists. And again, oh, I said I was being devil's advocate. I'm not saying fuck these <laughs> okay, people, sorry. I hope. But I mean, if the if Hollywood's to be like, we don't need any of you motherfuckers. We're going to keep 100% of the profits for our damn selves. And they started just being like, uh, you know, a Goldie Hawn action movie in the style of Michael Bay with yeah. cinematography by uh, fucking Roger Deakins and I don't know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and, and then no matter how many times they try, no matter how honed the AI gets, it just keeps coming out like dog shit. Don't you think people would stop going? Don't you think eventually Hollywood would be like, maybe we need some human beings in here? Or I guess the flip side of the coin is, what if nobody notices? <laughs> my, I only, think, my only contribution, I told you, my only contribution to this is being an asshole. I think, <laughs> well, as long as you're aware. Um, I, <laughs> I think that, you know, and I don't, I don't know what this would look like. I have ideas. And I guess one idea would be that it would come out and at least the first few iterations of it would suck. And maybe a couple of them would be really good and people would be, see, look, 
but the studios would be saving so much money doing it that they would just continue to churn it out. And I think there is a world and there is a certain amount of America and the world that would watch crap TV. Do watch crap TV. It's just some of it's made by humans. Has a computer ever made anything really good? Has a computer ever come up with a thought that was really good that wasn't, you know, pillaged from... Well, I mean, that's the thing, is that all of this is just pillaged. All the all the AI comes from source material. It's just not credited. And, I mean, every word, every phrase, every idea is taken from another idea that's just not credited. It's completely unethical. And it's going to be that weird thing of, like... Because history repeats itself. This is this is oil painting versus photography. You know, like, it's, it's high art versus... I'm thinking of the movie Quiz Show when they were like, yeah, we gave him the answers. It's just television. It's just entertainment. Well, and that's where, like, I think my biggest uh uh-oh is the audience is going to get dumber because there's going to be no... How could they? (laughs) He's just playing devil's advocate, my friends. He's just playing devil's advocate. Uh, (laughs) But, like... They're going to go, oh, my gosh, this was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you're like, no, that's overproduced garbage. It's kind of like when Beck won over Beyonce and people were like, who the fuck is Beck? Beck, It was like, it's a guy that played every single instrument on his album. It's true craftsmanship versus Queen Bey, who's overproduced and well publicized. If AI is creating all of our all of our entertainment, there's no hands on craft anymore. There's no actual thought behind it. If people want to be able to create AI art, they should be sure. able to. Isn't that funny too that I said if people want to create AI art, this is so. This is too philosophical. But I mean that that is um, what it is. Like, there's got to be someone who's controlling the AI. That's the whole thing. It, it shouldn't be a secret that it was AI. Just kind of like in the same way, where like when reality television. I mean, the very genre calling it reality television is a misnomer. So if you were going to call a film a film um, or a television show a television show or a script a script, I feel like you can't put some fucking dummy moniker on it. You have to be like, this was written by ChatGPT. I, I don't know. Well, it's going to be program. more so it's going to be like human made, you know, because we put organic on anything that's not chemically produced because the chemically produced is what's more right. widely available. Will be the organic movie. <laughs> Also, that is something that they specified in the WGA contract was that it had to be disclosed if any of the material was AI or was from AI. I would want to know that. And I would be curious and I would want to watch it and and think about it. And but I, I feel like it would it wouldn't touch my soul. And if it did touch my soul, I'd be like, there's something wrong with me. Okay, a friend of mine that was on the negotiating committee just posted that they have a tentative deal. Oh, I thought you put your arms up in the air because you were liking what I was no, saying. T- yeah, touchdown. <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm hurt. All right, so it is official. I mean, it's not official official, but that is... <laughs> I now believe it. <laughs> Did the room have a big boardroom table that was shiny mahogany? That's all I want to know. I mean, it was mostly over Zoom. Less sexy. But there were many tables. Ugh. With Lynn manuel singing Room Where It Happens, just in the background. Guys, we're in the room where it happens. The room where it happens. Now we're going to get sued by Russia again. Did you get sued by Russia? <laughs> we didn't get sued. We got eight letters, though. <laughs> Spro, has a, Spro has a tendency to... Um, Spro ignores fair use. <laughs> Blatantly. <laughs>
then close your eyes to me. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Russia happen. doesn't nobody own like, that again. stuff. I just like to nobody poke does, nobody the listens bear to us either. So you get it? Poke the right, bear, right? Yeah, till we get our first cease and desist. I just want to see if it's Russia um, or California. So I guess while this is still tentative, and you know, this episode won't come out for a little bit, but um, it'll be pretty soon, and people will be talking about it. So what what kind of legacy do you hope this strike has? And be brief. <laughs> In fact, skip. In fact, skip to the end. <laughs> No, I mean, it's only three years. Well, and who knows, like, where technology is going to be in three years, and we could be right back here in three years. This is the legacy that I hope this strike has. I hope that people understand that anytime the CEOs were pushing back and saying everyone's asking for too much, that it is absolutely a failure of corporate greed and capitalism. The amount of money that CEOs make is absolutely shitballs insane. And they could have ended this strike before it began. And what did they do instead? They just ruined people's lives. Like, literally ruined people's lives. People died during this strike. People took their lives during this strike and because they lost everything. It was absolutely unnecessary, and they could have ended it before they, it began, but they were all just beholden to Wall Street and beholden to the fucking ridiculous amount of money that CEOs and the top percent of the companies make. So my biggest hateful thing against the country is unregulated capitalism or corporate socialism whichever way we want to turn but like it seems like the people at the top are untouchable Mm -hmm. and get bailed out before they fail and everything like that but you have to believe that there is power on the second level of hollywood so how is it that the studios and the streaming services seem to have everybody by the balls that they can't create their own thing to play with it? Because I hear like smaller studios like A24 were getting thumbs up from everybody in the industry being like, how, how can they do it right? And these bigger people just can't seem to figure it out. So it's yeah. like, why don't we just create a whole bunch of A24s and say nobody work with the top studios anymore? Here's the fucking thing is that there are a bunch of already smaller studios like HBO, like all the Warners before they all became huge monopolies. And it's all because of mergers. Mergers just fucked the industry. Yeah, I don't know why I learned about monopolies in school, because I'm like, what the fuck? I feel like this is happening all over the place. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mergers screwed the industry. And now all these giant companies are beholden to Wall Street. And it's they don't care about the art. David Zasloff does not give a shit about the art. You know? Yeah, fuck that guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, David Zasloff. Sounds sounds like a troglodyte to me. You said it, not me. (laughs) Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zasloff is weighing in on the state of the ongoing SAG-AFTRA negotiations. During the company's earnings call, Zasloff said that the studio's latest offer had, quote, met virtually all of the union's goals. We made a last and final offer, which met virtually all of the union's goals and includes the highest wage increases in 40 years and believe it provides for a positive outcome for all involved. We recognize that we need our creative partners to feel valued and rewarded and look forward to both sides getting back to the business of telling great stories. Zaslav has been one of the four main studio heads at the negotiating table with the union 
Union, alongside Disney's Bob Iger, NBC Universal's Donna Langley, and Netflix's Ted Sarandos. On Monday night, the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers made an offer which it called its last, best, and final, and sag after continued to deliberate on the proposal into Wednesday. Is he the one that was like, hey, you know, uh, if it just if people got to lose their homes, people got to lose their homes. <laughs> he is probably that, was. That that, it, it was no, an that unnamed. that was Bob Iger. They, oh, they actually yeah, didn't yeah, say yeah. Who, it, who it was that said it. It's an unnamed studio source. Oh, I thought it was Disney. Mm. No. I it was Bob Iger. No, Bob Iger said a bunch of other stupid shit. Well, I think it's very disturbing to me. I, you know, we've talked about uh, disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges that we're facing and the recovery from COVID, which is ongoing. It's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. And they are adding to a set of challenges that this business is already facing that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. So they're not being realistic? Uh, no, they're not. Why not? I can't, I can't, I can't answer that question. I, again, I respect their right and their desire to get as much as they possibly can in compensation for their people. I, and I completely respect that. I've been around long enough to understand that dynamic and to appreciate it. But you also have to be realistic about the business environment and what this business can deliver. It is and has been a great business for all of these people, and it will continue to be, even through disruptive times. But, you know, being realistic is imperative What do you here. do in the interim, then? Does AI well, start to it, it write a lot the, of scripts? It will, have a, it will have a very, very damaging effect on the whole business. And unfortunately, the strike will. there's huge collateral damage in the industry to people who are, you know, who are support services. I could go on and on. It will affect the economy of you know, different regions even because yeah. of just the size, sheer size of the business. It's a shame. It is really a shame. That's the one when when Hellboy was like, let me tell you something. <laughs> it was so good. There's a lot of ways to get fucked. <laughs> was it Ron Perlman? His, yeah. That moment was such just <laughs> chef's kiss. Dude, he's scary he is, as fuck. I hope. Isn't he like 76 too and he's still frightening? Yes. Living down there in Puerto Rico. Yes, and that's half the Teamsters I know who would just be like, I don't cross picket lines and be like, yep, I'm with you. Okay. The one thing before I get off this, the motherfucker who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and their apartments. Listen to me, motherfucker. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial. Some of it is karma. And some of it is just figuring out who the fuck said that. And we know who said that. And where he fucking lives. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. You wish that on people. You wish that families starve while you're making 27 fucking million dollars a year for creating nothing. Be careful, motherfucker. Be really careful. Because that's the kind of shit that stirs shit up. Peace out. It's interesting. It's, I, I think I would... I would drown in that sea. Uh, my hat is always off to you, Emily, for, for working in that world. Not only because you worked your fucking ass off to get there, but because, man, the more you tell me about it, the more I'm like... I just got into a really crazy situation, and I've been very... I've just been very fortunate, very lucky to be in this really ridiculous part that I've, I've gotten to get some perspective on it from a few different angles. It's really wild. And to be honest, a lot of what I've learned has just been from Twitter. <laughs> like, 
so much during this strike. So you're like that tech guy that comes to fix your computer and just searches up on Google what to do? <laughs> no, more like just like spends the last two hours of his night just like learning about what to do. <laughs> but to be fair, I was on screenwriter Twitter before the WGA strike. And that's how I feel like I, I got. It was like two years ago, just like getting to know some of the writers on set that I got really into screenwriter Twitter. And I'm like, oh, I guess I know a few a few things about this now. <laughs> My world didn't slow down over here. Like the producers that I was talking to were still putting together things mm. because of the loopholes that SAG after had. You know, everybody was getting these the little, waivers. Yeah. It helped out me, it helped out my world, but in sure. the same instance I was like, This doesn't feel right. Well, it's okay because none of this was going to the ANPTP companies. These were all going to other companies and they also aren't able to sell it to the ANPTP companies. So all of the ones that got their waivers were doing it because they weren't giving any money to the people that were holding out on contracts. I just couldn't figure out whether or not the people that were getting the waivers were people that had clout, you know, like, how is this selection committee? Because everybody that I know that got waivers had a lot of clout. I mean, I also got contacted from some places that were like really small indie productions that were getting okay. waivers. Good to hear. Um, um, and that some friends of mine reached out and were like, I'm working on this waiver show. Uh, <laughs> like, so, so yeah, but I mean, I will say. It was my show. Before it was, <laughs> I promise it wasn't. But I will say right before we, we shut down, like, you know, and again, we had three more weeks to film and we really weren't sure if the SAG strike was actually going to happen. And I was there for a scene and it was like every person, and I've been with this group for two seasons now. So like, I, I know everyone, we're all like, we're all buds. The script supervisor is like, so when are you here next? And I'm like, I'm here next week. And he was like, well, if I don't see you and gives me a hug, I'm like, I'm like uh, we don't know if it's going to actually strike. I don't know if it's going to actually happen. And then I like, I'm ta- checking in with the actors and everything before we, you know, we're just about to finish up the scene. And, and they were like, hey, when are you here next? Oh, I'm here next week. They're like, okay. Well, if I don't see you, <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys, we might, there might not be a strike. We might be okay in the next day. Boom. Everyone's gone crazy but maybe everybody comes back i expect to have an email tomorrow being like this is when we're re-prepping and this is when we're going to start shooting again but it's the holidays well, i hope sheesh they're gonna work through holidays you think i think so I feel like that's a bad contract then <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i think that the like usual 10 day or whatever it usually is that we have over Christmas, New Year's is going to is going to get shortened to whatever they can. And I think most crews and actors who have been out of work for six months are going to be just fine with missing that so that they can give their families a Christmas. And then pilot season. I think January is going to be fucking wild. Uh, that's also the beginning of award season. So... That's good news for Spro and I because we can actually do an Oscar pre-show and post-show because there'll actually be an Oscars. Small potatoes in no, comparison. No, it's going to be but, so uh, weird. It's going to be so wild. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like imagining like... What? Just got lost in thought there. For it's going to be crazy. Listen, I'm usually in bed by now. <laughs> Same, dude. Spro is like, I really like to record on Wednesday nights as late as possible. (laughs) And I'll be getting up at 4 a.m. too. What are you, 40? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm over that. (laughs) Aren't we all? Aren't we all, though? (laughs) 
<laughs> Six hours a night is unhealthy, Mr. Spro. No, and I it's have... so lucky. <laughs> I have babies that will be up at 5.30 a.m., although every now and again, it's like you just like roll and wake up, and it's like 8 o'clock, and you're like, oh, is everyone alive? Oh, God. <laughs> I do that to myself when I wake up. I'm like, pat myself. I'm like, okay. Did I make it? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, uh, I hope to see you back here in Ohio. Um, you and I can have breakfast, and Spro can sit it out. And, uh, I know. Why was I invited the last time? Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I'm I'm back in the holidays, so I'm back in for Christmas. Well, I will be in New York Seven. for New Year's Eve. Oh, that's right. I saw that. Are you going to Times Square? Yeah. No, I don't know why anyone would do that. It's life experience. You got to get out. You got to experience everything. Did you ever do it? No. Never? No. But it's right there. <laughs> I'm with him. But it's because it's, do you know how batshit crazy most, it looks And I bartended for years, like near Midtown, and that's enough. I don't need, I'm good. Respect. Mad respect for doing it, but I'm. I'm You're great. <laughs> Shut up. What was the last movie that knocked you on your ass? That's right. You didn't answer the question. You know what? I'm not watching enough movies because I can't think of the last one that knocked me on my ass. Although we did watch The Nightmare Before Christmas in IMAX over Halloween, and that was really lovely. I've never seen 30 it before. years old. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Oh, yeah. My husband and I were going to go to, um, <laughs> we're going to go on like this big date and go watch Pink at Madison Square Garden, and we ended up not going, and we're like, fuck it. Let's just go see The Nightmare Before Christmas. So that was our, our date night. That good and P.F. Chang's. And you know what? Perfect. SAG <laughs> 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 After just sent the email. There it is. We are thrilled and proud to tell you that your TV theatrical negotiating committee voted unanimously to approve a tentative agreement with the AMPTP as of 12.01 a.m. PT on November 9th. Our strike is officially suspended and all picket locations are closed. Good shit, good shit. I'll never see my children again. Emily, it was a pleasure to have you back on such a momentous night. Such a pleasure. I love you guys. Congratulations. Love you too, Emily. Thanks. I'm like, on what? Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) It's official. The actor strike is over after 118 days. SAG-AFTRA has reached a tentative agreement on a new three-year contract with the studios and streamers. SAG-AFTRA announced that the union's TV theatrical committee approved the agreement in a unanimous vote on Wednesday. The strike will end at 12.01 a.m. on Thursday. The development came not long before a deadline of 5 p.m. that the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers had set for the union to give their answer on whether they had a deal. For much more on this story and all the latest updates, go to THR.com. For the Hollywood Reporter News, I'm Tiffany Taylor. All right, that was a good that was a good talk with Emily, and then we will see you all in two weeks for our final episode of the season when we go after Mr. Woody Allen, the best original screenplay of 2012. See you then. Ta ta for now. <laughs>